Sports. Oakland Raiders star receiver Antonio Brown's mysterious foot injury is the result of extreme frostbite caused by a cryotherapy machine. Brown was not wearing appropriate footwear when he entered the cryotherapy chamber last month in France and burned his feet leaving them frostbitten. A source told ESPN's Adam Schefter this past weekend that the injury is not believed to be long-term. Suspended New England Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon has officially filed for reinstatement, a source confirmed Wednesday. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has sole discretion on Gordon's status and the timing in which a decision is ultimately made. Any decision would be based on whether Gordon has adhered to whatever treatment plan he's in. And the NCAA has outlined new criteria for agents looking to represent future NBA players. A bachelor's degree and BPA certification for at least three consecutive years, professional liability insurance, and competition of in-person exam taken at the NCAA office in Indianapolis in early November. I'm Chris Bavona, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. Today, I got a special treat. The entire show, I'm joined by Fantasy Taz, Jim Day from FFChamps.com. Taz, what's up? Hey, and how you doing, sir? Looking forward to talking with you for the next couple of hours about some football. Definitely. Uh, here in early August, as it really starts to pick up, heavy draft season. Of course, you can find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Uh, I have an article that should be posted today. It's a debate on Todd Gurley. And I know where you stand, Jim, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit later on. I uh, also have an article up looking at a comparison between Stefan Diggs, Julian Edelman. Of course, we have our preseason pro picks from Dr. Otto, Sean Childs, Brad Cruz, Bill Enright. Mine will be out in a couple weeks. And if you use the promo code RONUS50, you get your first two months for the price of one. You could ask questions on the message boards and forums as well. And Taz, what do we got going on at FFChamps.com? Uh, right now, it's all about the, the draft kit. You know, getting it live, getting it going, keeping it going. All our great tools are up and running right now. Draft tracker, of course, a mock draft tool, uh, customizable cheat sheets. Just pushing out as much content as we can, trying to get everybody ready for the start of the season. Yeah, and unfortunately, we still have some murky situations here, which kind of suck for fantasy, but I guess it always makes it challenging, and we deal with this every year. Uh, let's kick it off first with Antonio Brown. Uh, we obviously heard a report about the cryotherapy, and he had frostbite. I don't know if you got to see Hard Knocks last night, but they showed Brown. They didn't reveal exactly what was going on. Obviously, that's taped, and but we did see him running and going through some discomfort here. And apparently, it doesn't sound like it's that serious and that he might not miss much time. But at the same point, he hasn't. Been involved in this offense. It's a new offense for him. He doesn't have experience really working with Carr. They do mention in there, he, he, he said he threw to him in the Pro Bowl like a 70-yard pass, and Brown went and got it. So it seems like they at least have some familiarity with one another. But, again, it's a whole new offense, and you want to see a receiver get incorporated. Brown's ADP right now in the FFWC is 17, and it really hasn't been affected at all by this news. The last three drafts, he's gone 17. So where were you on Brown before this, and has it altered your outlook on Antonio Brown or where to take him in drafts this year? Well, it's never a good thing when a receiver has issues with his feet, but this is something that, you know, it, 
more than likely it's just a lot of layers of dead skin that they have to get rid of, but they have to do it gently if it was caused by frostbite because that's that that could be a debilitating injury. Uh, so you know, right now, based on what they're saying, they're still calling him day to day. I'm not really moving him down. He's right about in that 17 range for me. I, I like that. I feel comfortable there. I think that's a good spot for him. While I think he's still going to get a ton of targets, you know, I have to think that the reception rate is a little lower just because of the quarterback thrown to him as well as the touchdowns being a little lower. So that's about a good good place for me. And, and I'm not really moving him down from that. Let's face it. It's not like we were going to see a lot of him in, you know, training camp or preseason anyway. No, that is true for sure. And is he someone that you are targeting or – does it depend on where he drops? You know, there's certain players that we go, yeah, we want them. Is that someone for you with Brown, or you just say, if he falls in the right spot, I'll take him? If he falls in the right spot, I'll take him. I'm not really targeting him. I don't. I find I don't really target a lot of players. Um, you know, there's a couple of key ones that I tend to like, I think are being undervalued this year, that I uh, am more aggressive towards. But most of the time, I let the draft come to me. You know, that too many times you're doing a draft, too many people are saying, oh, you know, I got sniped and he took my guys. I don't know what to do now. Well, I try not to be in that situation. You take that guy, okay, I'll take this guy. You know, there's always somebody else to take. You have to take somebody, so be ready with somebody else. Don't let it fall into that situation where you're not sure what to do because the guy you wanted got taken. Always have somebody else ready. Okay, I'm not your assigning editor, but if I assigned you a story today, and said, hey, Taz, I need an article on guys you're targeting in your drafts. Come on, you can come up with it, right? Oh, absolutely. There's a couple of guys, like I said, that guys that I really want. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is one of them. Again, he's being very undervalued. If this Arizona offense is, is going to do as good as they say that it's going to do, then Fitzgerald is, is going to be a main part of that. There's no doubt in my mind. I like Christian Kirk as well. But he's not, at this point, not better at wide receiving than Fitzgerald is. He's still in great shape. He still has all the moves. Last year was a down year for the entire offense. I'm not holding it against him. If this is going to be a pass-happy, you know, lot of plays offense, then Larry Fitzgerald is absolutely going to benefit from that. So he's definitely one of them. All right, here's an interesting uh, two players to compare, and they have close ADPs in the FFWC. And I know you like one of these guys and I like him too although I have his teammate higher we've talked about that Larry Fitzgerald is ADP 77 Curtis Samuels 81 which one would you take Fitzgerald and I like Curtis Samuels absolutely do I like him but I, I trust Fitzgerald more um, you know in this quitting offense things like that that's going to be a perfect play for him you give him the ball and some quick slants things like that he's going to make hay out of that and I like that I like Samuel, too. Don't get me wrong. I've been saying all offseason, I thought DJ Moore was going a little too high for my liking. So I loved getting Samuel five rounds later. Well, now they're talking about how great Samuel is looking uh, in in camp. And uh, one of the beat writers from, from, from the AP even came out to say, man, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the number one this year because that's how good he has looked in camp. So, um, you know, his, his data hasn't moved up. His ADP hasn't moved up yet. But if we get a couple more reports like that, watch, you'll start to see him climb up those draft reports into earlier rounds. But right now, I, I do like Samuel, but I still have Fitzgerald higher. Uh, and I know in casual leagues, it's different. Uh, obviously, in the fantasy football world championships, a lot of sharp people. But Samuel's already started to move up. Uh, the last few drafts, 76-72. Before that, 88-86-88. We always talk about 
one of the benefits of drafting early is get your guys. If you are on Curtis Samuel all this time and you did a draft in the past month, you got them at a fair value. Not going to happen anymore. And that's what happens when buzz in training camp happens. Yeah, exactly right. And you got to, you know, you got to be flexible with that. And, and again, that is why I like to draft early. Everybody says, how can you draft that early? It's because there are guys that I see that I can get much later that I know by August will be up higher. And he's definitely one of them. Yeah, we see it every year in the high stakes leagues. I mean, Christian McCaffrey early in draft season last year was actually going in the mid to late second round. By the time we got to early September, he was going mid to late first round. So that's what happens with all the training camp hype. A lot more ahead here on the show. We have some news with the Chiefs' backfield. Is it good for Damian Williams? What does it mean for his fantasy value? We'll discuss it next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am joined by Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. He's here for the entire show today. Uh, make sure you check us out at playffwc.com. we got a ton of drafts going on right now. we got a starter best ball draft tonight, 24 rounds, 90-second clock. The good thing about this, no waiver wire moves. You don't have to set your lineup. All you do is you draft your team. That's it. It takes the optimal score each and every single week. Better than a mock draft because you can win some money. Uh, it's $35, 8 p.m. Eastern. We have an online championship draft at 10 p.m. Eastern as well. So head on over. There's different price points, different drafts, and pretty much every day at least two, three, four drafts leading up until the start of the season until we complete draft season out at the Palms in Vegas, first weekend of the NFL season. Are you going out to Vegas this year, Taz? Uh, it doesn't look like it this year. I just couldn't get it done. I have a family obligation that I was trying to move around, but my wife just wasn't having any of it. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been out there for this event? Uh, yeah, a couple, of the, couple of years ago I was out there when I drove out there. You drove um, out there yeah. from Jersey? Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love to drive. So, yeah, it was a great drive. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. I just saw some bad lighting. Uh <laughs> uh, how long was the drive? I mean, obviously, you probably did you stop overnight or? Yeah, yeah, I stopped every night. But yeah, it took me three days to get out there, about two and a half days to get back. Damn, you really like to drive. I do too, but va- driving, I drove to Florida. I moved down to Florida and I drove down there. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's a I guess uh, that you know what? a piece of cake. Yeah, I, I know, right? 95 straight, boom. Uh, no, but my friends did that. They did like uh, a. a drive out west and vegas and cali i would be interested in that like especially if you have like a, a you know four people and each take turns driving that, that's yeah, definitely right. very scenic right? right oh yeah there's a lot to see and there's a lot of places to stop and yeah it's great uh, you know the one thing that i really love is going through colorado and going through the uh the the tunnel they have cut into the top of the mountain that's at almost twelve thousand feet elevation um so you, you know you're you're talking like over two miles high uh, that's pretty up there. That, that was interesting. 
Where, do you know where in Colorado? Because I went, I visited my sister in Colorado. She's more near the Denver area. I didn't know about this. Yeah, it's up, up near Vail. Vail? Uh, okay. Because, yeah, when I came out of the other side, I was near Vail. Uh, I forget the name of the tunnel. I wish I remembered it. Uh, I, I'll tell you. I'll find out after the show and let you know. But, yeah, it, it was great because I actually hit that tunnel. It was about 1130 at night, and it was so dark because they have very few lights on their roads up there. So it was like, wow. And these people were just screaming by like 75, 80 miles an hour without even thinking about it. Yeah, they're used to it. That's why when you're not never been there before, you're like, wait a second. Hold on. Yeah. I'm not going this fast. I don't know what's ahead. It's dark. But, yeah, I got to find out about that. Uh, that sounds interesting. Uh, I visited Colorado uh, near more so the Denver area. Went to Coors Yeah, Field. we know why you visited Colorado. No, that wasn't why my sister lived there. If she didn't live there, I wouldn't have been there. Hey, in, in, New, in New York, you could do that now. It, I, people walk around in New York now like nothing when it comes to that. And people know what we're talking about. But I will say this, though. The Vegas event is a lot of fun, man. I mean, I went the last two years, and I know people are like, oh, well, you work there. But I'm being honest. Like, it's great. because Any any fantasy event in person is great because the community, the people who work in the industry are great. And I got to meet a lot of people that listen to the show and fans, hung out with them. Like, it's just a good time. You know, I usually get there on a Thursday, settle in. We all watch the Thursday night game. Uh, last year, we had Eric Dickerson there. We eat, we watch the game. Then immediately after, they do a, a draft. Uh, then we have drafts the next couple days. You know, it's Vegas. So you hang out, you party, and then we all watch the Sunday games to kick off the season. So it really is a great event, great time. And uh, if you haven't been there, you have the opportunity to do it. It's not too late. Uh, we'll be at the Palms first weekend of the NFL season. And I'll uh, tell you, there was one thing that really stuck in my mind about it. When you first walk into that huge conference room that is just scattered with tables, and each one is their own separate draft, just, I mean, you got, what, 20 drafts going on at the same time in one big room. Man, that, that was just astounding to me. I, I love that. Yeah, it's just, you know, we all love to draft, and there it's basically the final days of draft season, and, you know, by then, everyone is up on everything. It's really hard to get values in those drafts, though. I know everyone wants to wait until the last second because of injuries. That's what a lot of people say. You just get no values because, you know, yeah, maybe there's one or two people in your draft who might not know anything, but it, usually it's slim. It, you just get no values at that point because right. everybody, everybody knows what everything. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody knows what you know. So, it, yeah, the, and these are all, uh, you know, for the most part, like you said, there, there may be one or two that aren't as, you know, firmly entrenched as all the rest. But all the rest are firmly entrenched in everything. They follow all of it. They know all the news that's out, everything that's happened. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard to get value then. And that's another reason why I like to draft early. You just can't draft early in Vegas. <laughs> no. I mean, you could do it online, but no, yeah, not right. in Vegas. <laughs> but uh, it's always, you know, that's one of the things that I guess we still don't do enough is draft in person. I'm actually, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm actually going to do, I think, four or five of my drafts in person this year, which is rare. You know, I just did the flex draft in New York over the weekend. Got the GST draft coming up uh, from Sunday. I'm going to be doing my friend's job, uh, co-manage with him. They do it in person at the Labor Day. I'll be in Vegas for a live draft. I mean, most people don't do their drafts in person anymore. You might have that one home league, but, you know, I, I think the live draft experience is so much fun. 
Oh, I, I am with you. Yeah. I, I'd rather do every single draft live. There's nothing like sitting in the same room, you know, trash talking everybody's picks as it happens and going back and forth. I, I love that aspect of it. Unfortunately, I only have two drafts I do live in person anymore. Uh, I used to be a lot more than that. But, you know, it, it seems like there's more people talking about wanting to do live drafts. So maybe we start to see the resurgence of this, people getting together, you know, getting in the same area, getting together, having these drafts. It, it'd be good to see because it is definitely a lot more fun. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, a lot of it is as you get older and family and commitments and kids. Not that I know about that. Those damn kids. Yeah, just, you know, people can't make it. I mean, it's hard enough to get 12 people to do an online draft every year. I mean, I haven't run into any Roblox yet. I have my draft scheduled for a date. No one has said they can't make it. I'm hoping to avoid that last second. Oh, I can't get now. You know, I'm like, no, like we set this date yeah. a month ago. <laughs> No one said a damn word, so we're keeping it. So that that's always the How issue. How do you like auto draft? Oh no, no, no. yeah. So set your queue. Uh, just send me the money first. You know, yeah, really. <laughs> that's the biggest thing too. Uh, so the Chiefs' running back situation is Damian Williams here, and I feel like he is. You're either like pro Damian Williams and you're going to draft him, or you're just avoiding him. So the big issue with him is he hasn't really practiced much due to hamstring injury, but he did return to practice today. He missed ten days of practice and just a couple days ago we heard Andy Reid basically a little frustrated when he was discussing Damian Williams. Now I've always said you have to look at what a team tells you, the signals that they're sending. And based on what the Chiefs did, they're kind of saying, and they have said it, Damian Williams is our guy. You know, they brought in Carlos Hyde. He hasn't been great the last couple years, drafted Darwin Thompson. But Williams has never had more than fifty carries in a season. He's twenty seven years old. Now, he did look good down the stretch. Where do you stand on Damian Williams? Because I see people who are like, oh, this is such a risk to take him in the first two rounds, early third round, and others who are like, it's the Chiefs offense. It's Andy Reid. He's in a great spot. The opportunity is there. Uh, his ADP right now is 23 in the Fantasy Football World Championship. Where are you on the Damian Williams scale? I, I love Damian Williams. He did everything they needed him to do at the end of the season. And like you said, they've said coming into the season, he is our guy. And sure, Andy Reid's going to be a little disappointed that he missed 10 days of practice. I get that. But, you know, that's the reason why they did bring in a Carlos Hyde and why they did draft Thompson is because, look, let's face it. Nobody really knows if he can do 300 carries and still to be standing at the end of it because we've never seen it. So we just don't know. But based on the fact that it is the Chiefs offense that Andy Reid likes one back and that right now it's Williams and what Williams did to end the season, uh, I'm all in on Damian Williams. I've been taking him everywhere. And he is a guy that, you know, we talked about it earlier. He is a guy that I target. Okay. Uh, you do see a low floor for him, though, potentially, right? Oh, absolutely. The bottom could fall right out on him. There's no doubt about it. But if you look at any of the other running backs in the grouping along with him, they all have risk. All right. Lots more football talk ahead. We'll continue to go through some of the latest NFL news. You're listening to Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It's full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis with Fantasy Taz. He is here for the full two hours today. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet Ohio State minus three and they beat Michigan by seven points, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Uh, Seems like we're getting no clarity here on Ezekiel Elliott. Another day goes by, another day he's not in camp. And I think people have Le'Veon Bell in the back of their mind because no, I think very few people expected him to miss the entire year last year, and he did. Bell, at this time, was still going in the top three last year. Uh, so it's because they weren't listening to me, damn it. Oh, so you completely avoided Bell? I did. You could, if you go back to last year's uh, preseason uh, frenzy shows, I kept telling everybody I, I thought for sure he was staying out till week 10. I had nothing invested in Bell, I had tons of Connor. Yeah, and obviously, if you did get Connor, uh, even in the seventh round, which I did see in some high stakes leagues, he worked out very well. So, Zeke, we really haven't seen move yet. He did go fifth in one of our recent drafts. That's the latest he's gone. So, what is your feeling on Zeke right now? And would you take him at four? I would, absolutely. They're going to sign him. They have no choice. I don't like any of the young guys they have behind him as guys that can stand up for a full season and do anything. This offense has a chance to win now. They have plenty of pieces in place. Cooper coming in last year was, was a big boon. Michael Gallup in the second season should be good. You know, they, they have the pieces in place to win now. And I just can't see them not signing Zeke. Jerry Jones will set up and sign Zeke. They're in no rush right now. There's no need to. He knows the offense. is not like there's anything he really needs to learn. And it's not like he's going to see a lot of preseason time anyway. So they're in no rush. They'll let him play his games. They'll let him do whatever he does. But he will be signed, and he will be playing week one, I guarantee you. Well, I hope you're right, obviously, as a Cowboys fan. I might only have one Zeke share so far, probably in a best ball. I just haven't been in a draft yet where I've had the opportunity to take them. And even in my uh, in that GST draft coming up, I have picked 12, so I'm pretty sure I won't have them. Hey, if people want to let them fall to 12 in a couple of weeks, I'll take them, you know? <laughs> so, but I, I think people are starting to get a little bit worried here. Well, they are. And, and, you know, it's recency bias because everybody got burned by Bell last year. And that's exactly what, what they're worrying about. And let's face it, the other thing about 
Zeke is it, it's he's not known for making the greatest decisions at times. So people are worried about it. I just don't think at I don't think at any point that Jerry Jones isn't going to sign him. You know, I'm not worried about Zeke because I know Jerry Jones is going to end up folding in this case because he realizes he can't go into the season without Zeke and want to win. Yeah, their schedule is actually pretty favorable the first three games. Then it gets tough. Uh, they open up with the Giants. They have the Redskins in Miami. I mean, there's no excuses. I know every game in the NFL is hard, and the Giants and Redskins will come to play in divisional games. But, you know, the Cowboys, if they want to be a Super Bowl contender, those are three games they have to win, I think, with, if you look at the rest of their schedule. Well, especially against the Giants in week one, because the Giants have been known to beat them in week one. Heck, they beat them the first game ever in their new stadium, which must have driven Jerry Jones right up the freaking wall. Um, So I absolutely don't think he's going to let that happen again. Uh, And again, I just right now I have really no big feeling that Zeke isn't going to be ready to go week one. I, I absolutely think he will be. Do you feel the same about Melvin Gordon? Because right now, no. okay, no. I was going to say, the, our, our last draft, Melvin Gordon in 34, I was in the yeah. Superflex draft on Friday. He was available in round four. Uh, I passed on him, and he went in the fourth, late in the fourth round as RB20 in that draft. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm worried about Melvin Gordon. It doesn't seem good. I could see him sitting out till week 10. Yep. I'm with you on that. I am definitely shying away from Gordon. Two totally different things. First of all, you got an organization that's not going to bend to him. They made him an offer they thought was fair, for especially for a guy with knee issues with as much wear and tear on his wheels as he has. Um, and he didn't want it. He wants more. And they're just not going to pay more. They think they have the guys behind him that can do a good job. Maybe not as good as Gordon, but good enough in that offense with that great defense on the other side of the ball to win them games. And they're not going to bow down. So it's either going to be him deciding he's going to take what they offer, which I don't think he's going to do at this point. I can definitely see him sitting out into the season and very well maybe to week 10. See, I am all for players getting paid. I think they don't get enough considering how much money the NFL makes and how much other sports make. And I know the rosters for the NFL are bigger. But if Gordon reportedly was offered $10 million a year, and that's what the reports indicate, knowing the market, his age, and his history, how does he not take that? Because he's got an, an agent in his ear saying, no, no, we could get better. We can get more. We can get better. Unfortunately for the, that agent, I'm going to tell him I doubt it. <laughs> I just don't think teams are going to pay that much anymore. It's just, I think we're going to start seeing uh, outside of the ultimate studs, we're going to start seeing guys come in as rookies, play there four or five years, depending on what round they got drafted in. And then teams are going to let them move on and just bring in the next new guy to do the same thing and not pay that next big contract to running backs. Yeah, no, it definitely feels that way. And it's unfortunate. I understand it. Like, it probably doesn't make sense to pay a running back that much money. I mean, we've seen it. How many times do we see a star go down, bring in another running back? We just talked about it with Damian Williams. He came in and he was fine. Is he as explosive? James Connor. Yeah, Connor's another one, too. You know, the system, the offense. And he comes in there and actually kind of had a better year than Le'Veon Bell uh, two years ago. Actually, he had a. Better season last year, Connor did. His numbers across the board were better than Bell's in any season Bell was with Pittsburgh. Connor's numbers were better than Bell's. Do you do you like Bell in the mid-first round? Uh, no. You know? <laughs> now, well, okay, Here, here's the thing with Bell, and I haven't taken him in any draft because I do have some concerns. He averaged four yards per carry two years ago in his last year with the Steelers. He's going to – 
a new team, a new offense. And you could say what you want about the Jets. Yeah, they might be better, but it's still not Pittsburgh's offense. Now, the other side of it is he's going to get huge volume. Now, maybe he's not as efficient, but we do want volume on our players. He is going to get it. You just don't like the price tag on him? Well, you know, my main concern was that offensive line. But you could see that you know, over the last week they've went out and gotten two more offensive linemen because they realized that too. So that should help. But the problem is he it's still not going to be as good an offensive line in, in Pittsburgh. And one of the things that Bell does very well is he's a very patient runner. He takes time. He works behind that line until he finds the right hole and then he hits it. When you have a great offensive line, that's easy to do. When your offensive line isn't that good, it gets much harder to be able to sit back there and be patient because by the time you're done being patient, you're getting hit by a linebacker. So you, you have to learn to hit those holes a lot quicker, get through that line a lot faster because you can't hold up behind that offensive line as long as you used to do in, in Pittsburgh. Plus, you know, the, the pieces around him, uh, aren't as good as what he had in Pittsburgh. The, the offense around him isn't as good. And look, I, I'm just not a big believer in Adam Gase. I, I don't think I liked anything he did in Miami whatsoever. They ran the least number of plays in the league under Adam Gase. And, you know, that to me, that all adds up to I don't want a part of Bell in the first round. I can't believe they hired him. And that press conference, too, with the memes in his eyes was very impressive as yeah, well. Yeah, that was. Yeah. It's just, it was mind boggling, but. Look, uh, I, I, I root for the Jets to do well. Uh, being a Cowboys fan, I'd rather see that New York team do well than the other one that's there, uh, the Giants. So uh, I, I'm rooting I'll, for the Jets. But, yeah, there's, there's some question marks. I'll tell you one thing. I love the Jets' defense this year. I think the Jets' defense is going to be mean. Um, first of all, I love Greg Williams anyway as a coach. But that, you know, that front four is going to be awesome. Uh, they're going to have a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. And I, I think this Jets defense, for me anyway, is it, by playing, still playing in leagues that have team defenses, and there's only a couple left. But in those those leagues, I've been grabbing the, the Jets as, as a last pick in almost all of them. Oh, you could definitely get them. I, you know what? I really kind of don't pay attention to defenses until we get closer, even though I did a draft with the defense. And uh, I, I should have taken the Cowboys because of their schedule to open up. Well, I mentioned the Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. That's a really good schedule, you know, especially now we stream so much. You can pick them up, play them the first three weeks. Then I believe week four, they're at the Saints, so you could drop them there. Although they did shut down the Saints last year, but that was in Dallas. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's what we're, I think that's what we're doing now is we're streaming defenses. I mean, because the number one defense, well, isn't it the Bears that open up against the – don't they have a tough – oh, no, they got Green Bay week one, right? And people yeah. consider them like – I mean, do you really want to go against Green Bay? I mean, Rodgers doesn't <laughs> yeah, turn it Rogers, over. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't turn it over. No, I, I'm with you. And that, unfortunately, you know, that's the one thing that makes me crazy about team defenses and why I'm not a big fan is that the turnover at the top is huge. Every year, I mean, if you go look at the top five – Fantasy defenses each year. They're, every year it's different. And every year it changes. And there's a reason for that. Most of fan, fantasy scoring for defenses is based on defensive touchdowns. And those are just flukes. You know, it, you can't program them. You don't know when they're going to happen. You have no idea how that's going to come into play. And, you know, the team that all of a sudden gets a few extra defensive touchdowns, they're going to lead the, the league in scoring. So it's just it's too much luck in my for me that to really enjoy it. 
Yeah, and Jacksonville is the example of that last year, going very early, disappointing, did not have the same season. And then this year, too, they open up at home against the Chiefs. And in week two, they're at the Texans. So you might see the Jags high in seasonal rankings, but uh, not two good matchups to open the season. So you have to look at that when you're drafting for a defense because we are streaming a lot, and that's the way to do it. Lots more ahead. We got some news here on the Seahawks' backfield. Those two guys going pretty close to drafts with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. We'll talk about them next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz, we are here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com. We got a ridiculous draft kit that is being flooded with more information day in, day out. My rankings are up. I update them constantly. You can use the promo code RONIS50. Get the first two months for the price of one. That will take you... Basically, through almost the first half of the football season, you could see what we do each and every week, uh, helping me build a draft that will get you competitive and into the playoffs and how we help you through the waiver wire. And then you'll want to join the rest of the year if you take advantage of that. But we got rankings. We've been in the top 10 in fantasy pros and accuracy rankings the last two years. We've got a ton of articles. Our preseason pro picks are money. I mean, you get... Picks from the high-stakes leagues players. These are guys that are putting up big money. Many of them have earned six figures in winnings in their career, and they're telling you a sleeper, a bust, a breakout, a stash in cash. So you want to get this information. So make sure you head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com right now. Seattle backfield to me is very interesting because this is a team that clearly wants to run the football. Although I've been thinking about it, and – this, their defense has been taking hits. Like, are they going to be able to play the brand of football they want? I think many of us all want Russell Wilson to throw the ball more. I cannot believe the numbers he's put up on the limited attempts. He had 35 touchdowns last year. He didn't even have 500 pass attempts. We know Doug Baldwin's gone. All right, so let's start with that first. Do you think Seattle is going to be able to play the way they want, which is to run the football? That's the intention, and that's how they're going to start out the game. It is going to come down to whether or not their defense can stop anybody as to whether that's how they finish the game. Uh, let's face it, you know, they, they run, they run, they run, and then all of a sudden they're behind. Okay, Russell, win us the game. And then that's what he ends up going out to do. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting. A lot of people are down on this offense this year after losing Baldwin, um, you know, as he was a big playmaker for this team. But I think they still have other guys on the team that could, you know, make up that difference. Of course, they drafted Metcalf. I, I expect David Moore to take a step forward. You know, so th there's guys there that can take this this next leap to really help out. But they didn't really have them last year either, and they, they still did a good job of getting the ball in. And, you know, Russell Wilson, to me, is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, and he just knows what he has to do to get the job done, whether it be through the air or through on the ground. He can do both. 
So, you know, I'm not really worried about Russell Wilson. I would like I would like to see his attempts go over 500. And with the state of the defense this year, we may very well see that again. Yeah, that's a, the more I look at things, that's what I'm starting to think because that's what I, I worry about with Wilson. I look, I'm like, he doesn't get the pass attempts that other quarterbacks do, yet he keeps finding a way to put up these high touchdown totals. And you know, at a certain point, if that volume remains low, you know, he could be looking at 26, 27 touchdowns. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, but with these running backs, now there was a report coming out where Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator, said that they need to get Chris Carson the ball more in the passing game. He had 24 targets last year. He caught 20. So it's not like you can't catch a football. They just didn't throw to him much. Are you buying this report here? Because Carson and Penny seem to be going pretty close. A lot of people like Penny a lot. I do too. But I had Carson last year. He was very good. He gets a little banged up, but, you know, he's a good runner. And in PPR formats, he has taken a little bit of a hit because he wasn't involved much in the passing game. But their ADP is pretty close right now in the fantasy football world championships. Carson at 67, Penny at 71. I think both can be good. I think both can be good, too, especially if they do continue, are able, I should say, to be able to run throughout the game as much as they want to. Let's face it, uh, they had so many rushing attempts that you could easily get fantasy value out of two backs. And that's what I think we see here. I still have Carson as my number one on the team. Penny is my number two. That hasn't changed. I do think Penny takes a step forward. But I love the fact that they're talking about getting Carson involved in the passing game. You know, it's not like he can't catch. They just weren't using him that way. And, you know, it's a lot like what we were seeing with Elliott in Dallas. Is Everybody's saying, oh, well, Elliott's, you know, he's not really a pass catching back. Well, it has nothing to do with whether he was or not. They just weren't using him that way. And then all of a sudden, look, they start using him that way. And the guy goes out and has a monster year of reception. I think he could even do more this year. So I, I look for that for Carson. I love that for him. So I think right now, I think Carson is a good value if they do indeed get him in a little bit more involved in the passing game. I mean, look at some of these running backs that are going ahead of Chris Carson right now in the Fantasy Football World Championships. Kenyon Drake, Sony Michelle, James nope. White, nope. Tevin Coleman, Tariq Cohen. I mean. Uh, yeah, I can't see it. <laughs> right? There's a few, several of them he should be going ahead of, right? Uh, I think it should be going ahead of all of them. To be honest with you, I mean, Cohen is, there's already some thinking that he's going to take a hit with Montgomery in town uh, and Mike Davis as well. So and people are saying Cohen will take it. I don't think he takes that much of it. I think James White won't be anywhere near the running back he was last year just because I don't think he gets as many opportunities this year if the other guys stay healthy. Wait, so, wait, wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. With White, what guys staying healthy? They have no wide receivers. Where do you see White going down? I don't think they're going to – I don't think he's – look, a lot of his value last year was, of course, in the passing game. We know that about White. Right. But a lot of his value also came in the fact that he's ran for over 400 yards and had five rushing touchdowns. I don't expect him to get anywhere near that this year. That's not his norm. That was an aberration because Michelle was hurt a lot. Burkhead was hurt a lot. And he just had that opportunity. I don't think that happens again. Heck, James Devlin had five touchdowns. I don't think we see James White get that – that many rushing yards or those rushing touchdowns. And I think that's going to take the top off his, you know, his offensive numbers. So I am definitely a little down on James White this year. Everybody else is pounding ground for him. I know he finished seventh last year. I get it. And I know he's a great running back. I don't take anything away from him, but he's in a Bill Belichick running running back system that now has four healthy running backs. They're all going to be used. So I'm not, there's no way in heck that I am drafting him as early as he's being drafted. I just don't see it. Same thing with Sony Michelle. 
I don't well, see I, it. I, I, I'm not touching Sony Michelle. First of all, we play mostly in PPR formats. He's not involved in the pass game. I know there's been reports that they split him out wide. I need to see it first. He's so reliant on touchdowns. And when you don't have that floor of catching passes in a PPR format, go look at Sony Michelle's weeks. And you know how it is with the Patriots and their game script. They, and the, that's why they're so successful. They, they'll see it. If they go against a team and they go, you know what? We can't run the football. We're going to throw 45 times today and abandon the run. That's what they do. When Sony Michelle is not scoring touchdowns, he's, he's useless. This is where the whole, well, he finished RB 17 or 14 is misleading because this is not roto like baseball. You got to look at the given weeks. So you have to predict on that week, okay, is this a Sony Michelle game? And we've seen it with the Patriots. There's going to be so many, and you probably can flip it and say, well, that's the same with James White. But at least White has the floor of giving you four for 40, even on a week where he's not big in the, in the, in the game plan. So Michelle, between his knee and his low floor in a given week, like Michelle could have a week where he's 17 carries, 57 yards, no receptions. You get 5.7. Yep. I'm totally there with you. I totally agree, Ed. You know, I, I, I have a very hard time drafting running backs that are not involved in the passing game. If you're, if they're not almost guaranteed to get me at least ten touchdowns, I pretty much am not going to look at them. Ah, you caught yourself there because I was going to say, wait a second, what about Derrick Henry? But Derrick Henry should get ten touchdowns. He had twelve last year. Yep. And, you know, I, I like him a lot in that offense. So, yeah, I, I, and again, I'm not going to reach for Derrick Henry. It's, if he falls to me in a good position, I'll take him. But I'm not going to reach for him just because of what he did at the end of the season. There's a very good chance that, you know, we go back to seeing what they tried to do last year, which is get Deion Lewis a lot more involved. And right now, I think Deion Lewis is the better value than Derrick Henry is. Uh, I agree. <sighs> I, well, obviously, Lewis is a value right now. I think people have kind of forgotten about him. I got him in, a, in that flex draft, uh, RB43. His ADP right now is 119. But, but this is the NFL. I was going to say, can the Titans be that dumb to not go back to Derrick Henry after what happened late down the stretch? <laughs> but this is the NFL coaching. It can happen. Uh, we've seen it happen too many times to say, like, what the heck are you doing? It looks so obvious to us as fantasy guys, but, you know, they have a different agenda. And remember, Henry is dealing with a little bit of a cap issue right now. No one's really talking about it, uh, and calves can be tricky. Uh, look, for me, just get me to week one. Just be healthy in week one. I really don't care <laughs> about the preseason. I don't need to see, especially guys who have been around on the field. It really doesn't matter. So just get to week one. Now, we hear reports out of training camp, and we have to be careful. You know, some of it is crap. Some of it, there's some truth to it. So... They're saying that Dante Pettis is having a rough camp, and yep. he was replaced in the starting lineup yesterday by Kendrick Bourne. So could this be a case of, hey, this is the smelling salt to say, hey, Pettis, you need to wake up? Or are there concerns? Because Pettis is a guy that I have been drafting, uh, and obviously he's he's getting a, a good amount of hype in drafts, you know, because his ADP is pretty high for uh, – oh, my goodness. I didn't realize it was this high in yeah. FFWC. 58. Wow. Yep. I People are would... buying into Pettis like crazy. Meanwhile, in camp, he's dropping balls left and right. Um, and that's exactly what they're saying about him. They're saying he's having a very rough camp. Um, he's not, you know, a lot of his damage that he did last year was uh, with Nick Mullins. It wasn't with Garoppolo. They throw a different type of ball. And right now they're saying that Pettis is having a hard time catching that ball. So, yeah, it, it, I think he's going a little too early for me. 
I just I can't see it. I, I don't see him taking that big a leap in year two. Yeah, wow, I didn't realize he was at 58. I mean, I think I took him in a draft the other day. I think it was round six, so I guess that's uh, – no, yes, that's still a little bit later than that. 58 is, wow, pretty pretty early there. So I would think this is going to push him down. But, you know, this – do you think this is legit here, this report? Like, or do you think that it's just, hey, we need to – give him a wake-up call like do you think this no is no the report is real i mean yeah this, but i'm saying do you, you know, think it's set... something to worry about well it, yeah we've seen plenty of wide receivers take a step back in year two um so it you know they, they call it a sophomore slump for a reason it's been around and there's been plenty of guys who've done it and you know who, heck for all we know he's been reading his own press clippings and thinking is he's mr king whatever and it just gotten into his head and now he's making mistakes but there's no doubt about it he is having a rough camp and he has been dropping a lot of balls yeah something to keep an eye on there and uh, interested to see how this influences ADP my guess is you're going to start to see him fall a little bit because uh, this is going in the opposite direction of the positive hype this is a uh, negative reports out so I think he's going to start to drop a little bit uh, so I'll keep track of that keep you guys posted on that his teammate Jarek McKinnon activated from the pup list yesterday. And, you know, I think everyone feels like there's going to be value in that 49ers backfield, but, but where is it? Obviously, Tevin Coleman is the top guy going off the board. His ADP is 64. And it's so funny. McKinnon was the guy going second, and then Matt Breda. Then McKinnon had this setback here in camp, and then it flipped where Breda was moving way up, uh, and McKinnon was going down. How do you decipher this 49ers backfield? Uh, I want the value. So for me, that's going to be the guys I can get later. Uh, I think Coleman will do fine, but there's a very good chance that, you know, we are looking at a committee here. It's going to be another team where they're going to play the guy that matches up the best against the defense they're going to face. Uh, McKinnon, McKinnon is still a good pass catching back, and that we know that Shanahan loves to use that in his offense. So there'll be a place there. But Matt Breida, to me, is the guy I really like because I think he's going to have a role either way. He'll get early down work. I think he gets a lot of goal line work here. Um, and I think, you know, people are sleeping on him. They've been saying from camp that he's having a great camp. They're using him all over the field, putting him in all different situations, and he seems to res be responding well to it. So, yeah, I've, I've been in the Breida camp for a while now. Yeah, I just took him in that super flex draft on Friday. You know, double-digit rounds, you get a running back where they produce fantasy points for running backs. And again, double-digit rounds. If it doesn't work out, okay, I'll move on and find someone else. You can't do that when you're investing an early pick on a guy like Tevin Coleman. Like, you're going to be holding on to him. You're going to be uh, reluctant to let go since you invested a fifth, sixth-round pick on that guy. guy like Brady, you get late. You can let him go if it doesn't work out. Lots more head here as we wrap up the first hour. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. 
Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis at Fantasy Taz. We are here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And uh, Robert Foster, I remember like a month ago, you know, there was a lot of people excited thinking he would start for this team. And then there was a report that he's expected to make the roster, that he's had a really shaky camp. Remember, he seemed to have a, a rapport with Josh Allen last year. He had some big games. Uh, but, man, it looks like uh, it's not going well for him here in camp. No, it doesn't look like it's going well for him. But, look, he, he thought he had a, his role firmly in place, and then they go out and get another deep expert in John Brown. So that's going to be interesting to see. You know, it really is going to come down to whether or not it's Robert Foster or Zay Jones starting on the outside uh, opposite James Brown because Cole Beasley is going to take the slot, which is where – Zay Jones did all his damage last year. He wasn't as good on the outside. So Robert Jones absolutely has a chance if he can get back on firm ground and have a better rest of preseason to unseat Zay Jones as the starter opposite John Brown because you got a quarterback that does like to throw deep. Why not have two guys that can get deep? I think that could work out for them, especially with all the running they're going to do as well. So it, it's not a, a, a total off thing, but Man, it's just hard to really invest in that offense uh, just because of Josh Allen. I mean, he's he's great for fantasy because of what he does on the ground. But uh, through the air, he's tough. Yeah, I was going to say all these Bills receivers are cheap. Like, But how much do you want to invest in this offense is the big question, you know? And that's an actually how much do you want to invest in. For me, the answer is really not a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, John Brown I could see in best ball, but, you know, I, I don't think I have any Bills receivers anywhere. I just kind of have stayed away. And, again, they're going in double-digit rounds, but on a week-to-week basis in a seasonal-long league, unless we see nope, steady growth from Allen, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard. I mean, unless you're looking at bye weeks, like, you know, I just don't see you ranking those guys very high on a week-to-week basis uh, and, and until we see major improvement. Uh, from Allen as far as his accuracy and consistency. We have a lot more ahead talking fantasy football here. We are here for one more hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern, getting you set to crush your fantasy football drafts in 2019. You're listening to Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.